Hey, before we start the show this week, did you know that in just five minutes, you could potentially make a huge impact on the future of the Bears? All you need to do is sign up to the RFL's Our League platform and select the Bears as one of your teams. It's free to join. It's packed full of rugby league news, competitions, videos, and loads more besides. But our following on that platform might influence future funding decisions. So we need as many fans on there as possible. Even if you put us a second choice, we won't mind. Make a difference in just a few minutes today. Head over to rugby-league.com slash our league to create your account and pick the Bears as one of your teams. Right, on with the show. Welcome to Bear Necessities, your official Coventry Bears podcast that lives at CoventryBears.com. Thank you as ever for joining us, especially after our unscheduled week off. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Musson, and joining me as ever is my co-pilot and former Bears fullback, Craig Cathcart. Craig, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, Obviously, uh, well, we've got a few things to discuss from the weekend. Shame we didn't get the win, but um, I I feel another good performance from the Bears players, at least really put the effort in didn't they certainly did certainly did um and we will get on to that shortly but we do have a couple of bits of housekeeping before we get into the meat of this week's episode where we will look back on the bears unfortunate 34 16 loss at home to doncaster on sunday and of course we'll hear from head coach rich squires and player coach dave scott but um with that housekeeping first so you will have noticed hopefully at least that we didn't have a show last week and that's because the keithley cougars match was postponed at keithley's request under covid protocols um but the good news on that front is that the game has been rearranged to Friday the 16th of July with an 8pm kickoff at the Butts Park Arena, a night game under the lights on the eve of the Challenge Cup final. Absolutely lovely stuff. Do get down to the Butts for that. I know that's that's going to be a special evening of rugby league and a really good chance to experience some live sport on a nice summer evening. Um, and second, we are recording this episode on Tuesday. So before the expected announcement about whether or not the World Cup will still take place this year. Um, So we will obviously cover any fallout from that on next week's show, but just conscious of some of you, by the time you actually listen to this, you will probably know what that decision is. Um, But at the time of recording, we don't, so we can't talk about it right now, but we will pick it up next week. Um, But anyway, uh, I guess before we go into the, the, the story of Sunday's game, Craig, Friday night game under the lights in a couple of weeks, that's going to be fun, isn't it? So, yeah, it's a real advantage from having the rearranged game to be able to have it on a Friday night. Um, you know, I'm almost, you know, I'm certain that the lo- local people will turn out for the Friday night games like they normally do. We normally have a bumper crowd on on evening matches, um, expecting lots of people to stop off on the way down to the Challenge Cup, take a visit to Coventry in the City of Culture year and have watch a cracking game of rugby on, on a Friday night. Um, games against Keithley are always interesting. We've had some right proper battles, um, as you set out in your blog, Dave. Um, we've had some really good games against them over the years, really important games as well. And this one is no exception. It's a rearranged fixture. It's on a Friday night and um, both teams will be going great guns to get their win. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, do get down to the butts for that one. And of course, we will remind you about it in the episodes between now and then. But um, let's get on to our onto our scheduled programming and we'll, we'll reflect on Sunday's game against Doncaster. So start off, we'll, we'll hear from the coaching staff shortly, but um, here's how it all went in case you weren't able to get down to the butts on Sunday. So the Bears started brilliantly. Literally in the first minute, they scored a try. Um, they received the kickoff, worked through the set. Dave Scott put in a, a, a horrendously tricky kick for the fullback to deal with. It swirled all over the place, bounced really horrendously for them. And uh, Reese Rance pounced on it in the corner to get his first try of the season um, and put the Bears 4-0 up. And the Bears continued with the pressure after that. Um, and just before the 20-minute mark, um, they scored again. Dave Scott got the ball about 30 metres out, saw a gap, went through it and uh, ran in under the post for a terrific try, which was converted and took it to 10-0. Now, Doncaster did hit back about three minutes later. Um, it all sort of came from a from a Bears error, unfortunately. Um, Bears had, had forced a turnover close to the Doncaster line, um, but completely messed up the first pass. And Doncaster just moved up the pitch from there and scored on the last play and converted to take it to 10-6. But credit to the Bears, they extended their lead again just before the half hour mark. And it all stemmed from a quite sumptuous 40-20 from Dan Coates, who um, looked up, saw that it was on, went for it um, and nailed it perfectly. And from the resulting possession, um, I think it was on the third tackle, Dave Scott again wriggled through from close range to score his second and the Bears third of the afternoon. And the conversion put the Bears 16-6 up. Um, and it was all looking very good, particularly when um, a Doncaster player was sin-binned shortly after that for a late tackle on Dave Scott. And late tackles on Dave Scott are something we will be talking about a little bit later. Um, now, that one was punished and the Bears decided to go for the two points from the penalty. And unfortunately, um, the kick went wide and Doncaster hit back right before half time um, with another try of their own, which was converted. So in the space of a couple of minutes, the Bears went from potentially being 18-6 up at break to it being 16-12, but they still looked really good and they were still obviously in the lead. Um, Doncaster unsurprisingly came out pretty fired up for the second half. And while they were still down a player, they scored another try, which put them in front 18-16 for the first time of the match. Um, but the Bears kept at it. They were in a real arm wrestle uh, at this point. And they had a really good chance out wide as well to, to regain the lead. Um, new winger, uh, Elliot Wallace, was was waiting and ready to pounce. But unfortunately, Matty Wellham's pass just went astray and went out of, uh, out of, the play, out of pitch. And then came the moment or the couple of minutes of the game that really, really sealed it for Doncaster and, and burst the Bears bubble. So you remember I mentioned there was a late tackle on Dave Scott in the first half and there was another one about 10 minutes to play. Um, only this one, for whatever reason, must have been missed by the officials, but it, it wasn't punished. There was no sin bin. Um, there was there was a talking to for the player, but there wasn't a sin bin, unlike in the first half. Um, and if memory serves me correctly, there wasn't even a, a penalty for the Bears. Um, and that was quite frustrating. That got that got the crowd's um, heckles up a bit. Um, and it was it was exacerbated a couple of minutes later when the player who had put in the late hit on Dave Scott was able to score the try, which effectively sealed the game. And it was a try that to most of us watching in the stand anyway, looked like it came as a result of a knock-on. Um, Doncaster 
player was was close to the Bears line and Nathan Hill put in a terrific tackle that seemed to knock the ball loose but the referee signalled six again and um, the centre who had put in the hit on Dave Scott picked the ball up and scored under the post and that conversion took it to 24-16 as I say it really did burst the burst the Bears bubble um, Doncaster added two more uh, before the finish um, one was just powering through a very tired defence and the final try credit to Doncaster Wingles a superb effort and um, he, he stepped his man and sprinted in from a long way out and the final score was 34-16 which was not in any way a fair reflection of how the game was um, and the Bears effort that they put in um, and it was really quite a frustrating afternoon um, by the time we got to the end of it. Craig and I will offer our thoughts shortly, but first let's hear from the Bears coaching staff. Dave Scott is coming up right after head coach Rich Squires. Rich, I can tell by your face you're feeling similar to me. Watching from the stands feel a real sense of injustice about that. How how do you see that game? Yeah, it's a game of two halves. I think the first 40 is the best 40 we've played all year. You know, and they tried just before half time killed us a little bit, you know, but that was our own wrongdoing when we missed the two. When we go for goal with four minutes left and it's are you thinking from the side as we kick the two, we go in 18 6 up. Sees the half out, it's a different game, I think. But the score just for half time, and you know, it kills us a little bit, it gets them back in the game close. And I think, and then we discussed at half time about us coming out firing, and you know, it's exactly what they did. You know, they're a quality team across the board and a well drilled team. And that second half, they just showed that extra little bit of class, I think. The key talking point for me has to be the incident in the second half. So in the first half, we saw the penalty and the sin binning for the late tackle on Dave Scott. We basically had the same incident in the second half. And as far as I can tell, there wasn't even a penalty for it. And then for that same player who committed the offence to score the try that effectively sealed the game, I don't want you to get in trouble. Um, but annoying that, wasn't it, to say the least? Yeah, I don't see I don't see the difference in it. That one's probably worse than the first one. You know, because Dave's not even looking. He's got completely turned his head from the ball. Um you know, and it's, it's it's a game changer. They go down to twelve again. I think it's a completely different ball game. But for him to pull him out and not even put on report, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of them where you feel for. You know, we keep saying it. We just seem to get nothing. You know, every single fifty-fifty goes towards the top the top teams. You know, and it's it's like people are afraid to give a decision against the top teams. You know, because they've got it set in stone as what they want, and poor old those can't get a break. And psychologically, for for your team, when when you see that happen, and then for the same guy to go and touch down, I mean that you could you could sense it really did burst your bubble, didn't it? There, there was a real energy drain from that. Yeah, I think the most frustrating thing for me is the game's tough enough as it is without the boys having to worry about that kind of thing. You know that that kind of stuff they shouldn't have to worry about in a game. You know they, they get they train just as like just like we do. You know, so it's. And it's not as if it's just one or two calls, you know. There's a handful of those in the second half, like the the try where he's given one-on-one steal. <laughs> you know, there's that one. There's there's the late shot. And then just I'd love to see the stats on the six agains because we like to play quick, and I don't think we had one throughout the full game. And they had a good seven eight, you know, which again just it kills the momentum. And when it's an energy battle game like that, it's going to take your effect. And at the 60 minute mark, it did kind of you know, taking effect and as we start to struggle a little bit and that's where the big game players came into it. Let's let's try and let's try and bring it on to something positive. You said the first forty minutes was potentially the best half you've seen from this season. What what was it that was that was different? Was was it scoring on the first play? Did that did that give your players a boost or, or were you were you just did you have a particular plan coming into this game that they executed? Yeah we did we just we've said it all along, don't get bored of being boring. You know, we do the little things really well and when we 
when we do do little things well, we get our reward from it. You know, we've we're not we're not the biggest pack. We've got a lot of, a little bit about us, and we'll roll teams 60, 70 meters. You know, and when we complete and go set for set in that energy battle, we will come out the back of it on the other end. Um, like I said earlier, it's like when we go to mix stuff up, we just kind of struggle. Um, but that first fight, we were just really clinical. You know, I thought Brad Clavering was excellent in his first game back. Um, provides that little bit of spark. Normally going alongside Peter Ryan, who we, we, we missed today, I think, just having a little bit of spark in, in defence. Um, you know, I thought Elliot Winley again was great around nine. And when we do on the play, uh, the play on the front foot, he's very clinical and, you know, he gets us going and we'll roll any team and playing like that for 40 minutes, we'll get our reward. But it's an 80-minute game, unfortunately, if we could... You know, if we could finish at half time and I'd have called that game today, but you know, it's it's a shame, but we've got to get it into our heads. It's a mental battle as well, and we've got to prepare to go the extra mile to get it and, and do the little things right. And we did in the fourth, and we didn't in the second. Yeah, you mentioned Brad Clavering, obviously starting his second spell here, um, and fans will be familiar with what he brings. And he, he saw a lot of the ball today and did a lot of work through the middle. Uh, I mean, it sounds like a, it's almost a silly question to ask, but you know, what what was it about him that made you want to bring him back? He's um. We've been in competition for for a while now, and you know the work situation didn't work from over at Dewsbury. Um, but you know he's he when he was a real leader when he, in his first team with the club last you know a couple of seasons ago, and throwing him into a mix where we've got a really experienced bunch, you know, and talented bunch across, it kind of you know released a little bit of pressure on him so he could just play his normal game. Um, you know he's he carries the ball forward and he's got a real engine to say he hasn't played in. 16, 17 months, you won't be able to tell. You know, he was saying before the game he might be struggling for match fitness, but he did 35 in his first stint, you know, and he's, he's carrying two, three every single set. And, you know, it's just the little things he does, you know, really well. And you can tell he's played the game at a high level and played it for a long time, you know, just by rolling out of tackles and fan in his front to allow somebody else to come off the back at him and talk. You know, he's another talker around the club and another leader. But yeah, it's great to have him back on board. And another new face, Elliot Wallace. Um, tell us a bit about him. Is he an, another another talent from the streets of Hull that you've you've plucked out? He is. He's been at Bradford for the last year, um, and things didn't work out there. But he's come through the the city of Hull and uh, the Hull car, and you know he's played you know eight nine Super League games and scored six in them Super League games. Is is a real flyer. And again, he hasn't played in 12, 13 months, so um, we didn't quite get the ball to him as much as much as we wanted. You know, might well have had the chance and. I don't know who we thought he was passing it to, but he must have seen somebody else on the sideline. But a situation like then, you know, if we get it again, he'll, he'll score them all day, and he's a real, he's a real finisher on the fly. But again, he's he's another big thing, you know. He's he's not he's not a small man, so he, he helps us coming out of the backfield, and I think he'll complement us really well with Reese Rant uh, coming out the back. But we've been missing a winger, um, and he's just you know he's he's come on board, and he'll, he's got a point to prove to get back to where he wants to be. You know, he's good enough to play higher than League One, so we've said that given that opportunity to get him back there yeah and just to round off um, we're obviously back at the Butts next week for, for a visit of Hunslet um, you know Hunslet are one of the teams that Bears, the Bears have notched a, a famous victory against in, in recent times and you've shown not just in this game against Doncaster but in other games this season that you can mix it with those traditional big teams what what do you take from this one to go into that game next Sunday there's a lot of positives to take from you know that first 40 is a real positive you know and some personal performances that, you know, Nathan Hill, you could tell he's probably had a couple of weeks out. Um, and you've got to think we're missing Cullimore today with his one-game ban. Um, and although I think Elliot Winley did a great job, he's not an 80-minute player. He was a little burst of energy off the bench and he kind of had to do some really big minutes today. And Chris just kind of set us down in the, you know, in the parts where we need to. Uh, you know, he's a leader around the field. So getting him back in will be a great boost for us. But we just need to, to go and match it with him. You know, we've... 
we're saying all along we don't get a lot of respect from these teams you know and we're not expecting respect so we need to go and earn it you know and, and we've got the capability to do so we've shown but at the minute it's just we're near there or thereabouts and we need to be getting there you know we've we set our target and we wanted to take something from these four games because the four big games against the teams in and around us at the minute um, so it's a, it's a game that we need to go and get something from and you know we'll do everything we can to do it well, Rich, thanks as ever. Um, hard luck today. And uh, yeah, catch you again next Cheers week. Cheers, thank you. Dave, um, first of all, how are you doing? Um, you took a few hits there, notably a couple of late ones, which I'm sure we'll get onto in a moment. But um, you feeling feeling the effects of that one a bit? Yeah, I'm okay. I just took a late one on my shoulder. I think I dug into the line in that first half, done the right hand side. Um, and, I'd, you know, I think I'd passed the ball, so I think a yellow card was a fair decision. Uh, second one, he's just hit me under my ribs, um, and he's got his, his shoulder under my ribs, hit a soft bit, and, yeah, it just kind of wounded me more than anything. But uh, I was a little bit surprised the yellow wasn't given the second time, given, like you said, he'd, he'd set the precedent for the first one. But I've seen yellows being given, but, you know, you've, the referees have decisions to make at the time, same as players in the pitch, and we don't always get it right. We're talking to Rich about that incident in particular, and I think... <laughs> Aside from the fact that it, it went unpunished, but for then that player to score the try that effectively killed the game, it, it certainly took a lot of the the wind out of the people in the stands. What what sort of effect does that have to you guys on the pitch when you see that happen? Yeah, it's a little bit ironic, isn't it? I mean, I didn't I didn't think too much of it uh, in that sense until you've mentioned it there. But now that you've mentioned it, you kind of think, oh, um, <laughs> what, what could have been? But I think what. I think that was the try as well where Nath Hill made a really good tackle and, and I'll need to watch it back but my opinion at the time was it was a loose carry and it was a knock on by them uh, and you know it almost looked like the referee was going to go to his whistle and then changed his mind um, and, and his interpretation of it and he called the six again and it was a try so yeah that was really the killer blow and that was kind of hook, line and sinker end of the game for us at that point. Rich was saying he felt the first 40 minutes was potentially the best 40 minutes that the Bears have, have put on this this season. I mean, there was a lot of positives to take from that first half, weren't there? Yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest difference between the first half and the second half, one was the six again tackle count absolutely killed us, especially in the middle, and they were able to get a roll on and earn easy metres. Uh, and then um, the, the second thing, uh, that was really disappointing was I think both their tries came through Ben Johnson um, sneaking through the line and he was able to find someone on the inside and we spoke all week about how much of a running threat he is and make sure that we close him down and it was just bitterly disappointing that you highlight these things and you put a lot of emphasis on it in training and it still happens in the game that's the frustrating thing about it but no there's a lot of positives um, and I think as well, when, when we transitioned to that second half, coming out of yardage, we just all seemed to bunch around the ball. It, it was the most bizarre thing because in the first half, we had good shape. We were offering threats down a short side. We were offering threats on the big side. We were carrying twos and threes. And yeah, we, we were winning the rock quite comfortably. And then second half, it just seemed to fall away. So I, I don't really know what happened. Uh, we need to have a look at it on video and address that in, in training. But it almost seems like we, we lost some sort of energy battle there. We lost some energy in the second half. So, yeah, really disappointing. I know you you never want to, to particularly big up your own performance um, in these chats that we have after the game, but another two tries for you today and, and against your former team as well. I mean, was there a bit of satisfaction there in, in having those scores? I'd trade them in for a win any day. <laughs> <laughs> it's as simple as that. Yeah, it's nice to get over the whitewash, but the only reason that I was able to do that was because I think I'd sent Sam Barron in or I'd sent someone else in beforehand and that opened up the space for me and I managed to just to spot the late defender, um, the late retreat and he lost his inside 
side and it was just a right foot step and I was straight through so um, if anything I'm just feeding off the good work that people are doing around me. A couple of um, new faces um, in, in the team today I mean Brad Clavering someone that Bears fans are, are familiar with um, and Elliot Wallace out on the wing how, how did you think they got on in there? In the yeah Brad today? did a really good job in the middle that's the first time he's played I think since March last year um, or was it even this year? He's not played for a while, put it that way. Um, and I thought he did a really good job in the middle, um, especially his first stint. Um, he really got us a foothold in the game. He carried strong. His contact was very good. Um, and Elliot, I thought he did a really good job in the wing. He mopped up everything that came his way. He carried strong and he looked comfortable defensively. So really pleased with uh, those two additions to the squad and looking forward to what they're going to bring to the team in future weeks. So what we've got another home game coming up next week, Hunslet. Um a team that, again, you, you, you've shown this season that as a team you can match up against these these traditional big sides that, that like to play it a lot through the middle and, and things like that. And, and you've also shown that when you get a roll going and when you keep the tempo high, you can cause them massive problems. I mean, what, what do you take from this game in particular going into that Hunslet match? I think we need to look at the first half, uh, especially a yardage shape and just the fact that we weren't, doing the old-fashioned one-carry hit-ups. We were carrying twos and threes, pushing through the line um, for the ball carry and, and taking that fly off them. So instead of having three, four men in the tackle, it's maybe only one and two and they're able to isolate a weak shoulder. So that was the big difference for me. Um, and I think we need to keep working on that in training. But it's all very well doing that for 40 minutes. That needs to then transition into into an intimate performance um, and then as well we just need to be a lot more disciplined um, in terms of our defence because there was a lot of flailing arms today uh, and just catching people around the edge and unfortunately nowadays uh, whether or not the ball carrier slips into contact or um, whether or not you've got you've left an arm and you're trying to get it away and it clocks from the heads it, it's a no tolerance now um, due to the concussions so and, and rightly so so we need to be a little bit more disciplined in defense and make sure we're we're squeaky clean not to give away those six six again tackles because they really are a killer well dave thanks as always appreciate your time good luck for uh, for next week and look after yourself this Cheers, week thank you so thanks as always to dave and to rich for joining us um Craig, we are we are known for our relentless positivity on this show, and there are positives from Sunday to take. I think that was easily the best I've ever seen the Bears play against Doncaster. Doncaster are usually a team that just comes down to the Midlands and, and wallops us every time. And I think there were some really good individual performances too. But, you know, it came out in both coaches' interviews that there is a real sense of injustice from Sunday on the Bears' side. And I think not just the... From my view, the, the quite clear late hit on, on Dave Scott that went unpunished in a way that was inconsistent with the one in the first half. But then for that offending player to score the match-clinching try from what looked really like a knock-on. But also the coaches both talked about this feeling that the bigger team on the day got the majority of the calls, particularly on the six again front. I mean, you and I were both pretty annoyed at full time on Sunday. And I mean, even if we didn't have other things going on, I don't think we'd have recorded this podcast on Sunday evening because it it would have just been us venting. You've had a couple of days to reflect on it now. How, how do you look back on Sunday's game? Yeah, um, it's absolutely spot on. I think, um, you know, the interviews with the both coaches was straight after the game. You can sense their frustration and annoyance. And I guess had we recorded straight after the game, uh, we would have been probably not as calm as we are now talking about it. We've had two days to think through and, and reflect and, and, and everything else. So, 
Yeah, it was very, very frustrating. Um, I mean, we, as you said, we're generally positive people. Uh, we generally don't give the officials too much stick if we can get away with it. Um, and, you know, the ref, ha- refs and linesmen have a tough, tough job to do. You know, that's mistakes happen. I, I think for me, the, the biggest issue for me was the fact that uh, the late hit wasn't, ch- wasn't punished. Um, not even a penalty to the Bears. Even if we'd had a penalty, we would have got field position further up the field and the subsequent try that happened wouldn't have happened. Um, but then to, um, you know, then make a further mistake by allowing a loose carry to be, you know, a six again uh, and and them to score off it was very, very frustrating. But it had been building throughout the second half in terms of some of the decisions. 50-50s seemed to be going to Doncaster. And I'm not, this is not sour grapes. You know, ultimately they did enough to win and they were deserved winners in the end. And but the Bears did have a sniff and a chance of winning the game. And it, so if some of those 50-50s had gone the other way, potentially there was, you know, a chance to win the game. Um there was probably two major turning points. I think the first was the one that you mentioned where uh, we had a penalty pretty much almost in front of the posts, uh, relatively, relatively straightforward one. Would have been 18-6. We would have got the ball back deep in our own half, um, probably would have seen the half out and gone in 18-6. That would have given Doncaster a different halftime team talk. As it was, they they went in at halftime uh, only four points behind, and and that was a really flattering result for them. I mean, the Bears could have easily been two or three tries up at that point and would have been very confident of going out in the second half and protecting that lead. As it was, Doncaster went in at halftime thinking, uh, we get our f- the first try in the second half and we've won the game. Uh, and they did get the first try. Uh, and then, as I said, they, they got the rub of the green going forward it was through no lack of effort from the bears and actually i can't actually pinpoint too many mistakes that the bears made that cost them um doncaster were very very clinical though when they got a sniff of the line they really did um turn it on and score i mean their back line is is fantastic got some really good players so overall it was a really fantastic performance from the players particularly in the first half probably the best that i've seen them play this season or or there's not been many other games where they've played that well against a really top, top side uh, and and completely dominated the possession and everything else for 40 minutes. Um, we really should have had more out of the game and, and the final scoreline did flatter Doncaster, but well done to them. They, they did what they needed to do. Um, some teams might have um, folded under the pressure, um, but they they stuck to what they knew uh, and and won the game in the end. Yeah, and I think I think you're right in terms of it being difficult to pinpoint real Bears errors that were real costly. I mean, the, it feels more like rather than being downright errors that there's there's a couple of sort of what if moments, aren't there? I mean, the penalty you already mentioned. I think you're totally right. I think that goes over. We received the kickoff. It's eighteen six at half time. You know that that could have resulted in Doncaster being even more fired up, and who knows what that might have resulted in in the second half. But I think the other two what if moments for me, I guess the first Doncaster try stemming as it did from a Bears turnover 
15 metres from the Doncaster line and, and a pass just going really badly wrong. Like, even if we just see out that set and don't score a try, you, you don't know what's going to happen there. And I think that opportunity in the second half where um, our new winger, Elliot Wallace, was was there and waiting and, and the pass just didn't quite find him. Again, that potentially puts the Bears back in front um, and you don't know how it's going to pan out. But um, that's the beauty of hindsight. I guess you can look at these things. And I think you're right. I think it was it was a terrific Bears performance. That that try 10 minutes ago, the the, the controversial one that we've we've talked about, and I, I, I don't suggest we need to spend any more oxygen talking about it, but that really did do for the Bears that afternoon. It really just, it really just deflated them completely. And you felt it in the crowd as well, didn't you? I think it's, you know, as I said, it's a tough job for the ref and it was quite a fiery game. There was some big, big hits going in. I mean, the Bears themselves um, probably had three or four high tackles, which, you know, were not malicious ones. They were instinctive. Someone sticking an arm out and catching someone around the head. And we could probably say we were probably lucky not to get a, a sin bin ourselves for that. But I think late hits, referees definitely need to be stricter on that. We see a, we've seen a lot of late hits this season, haven't we? And t- they tend to go unpunished. They don't often get punished. It usually is picked up by the RFL disciplinary. But a late hit is a really dangerous tackle, um, particularly that second one. Dave... Scott was down for about three or four minutes getting treatment after it. It's the I lack mean, of consistency. The that, it's the lack of consistency that that really frustrated me on Sunday because you know we commented in, in at half time that they were they were clearly targeting Dave because he as you just saying as when I cut you off he was he was running the show and I think before the the one in the first half that was punished with a simbini there was one that went unpunished but then for the referee and the officials to to spot one and and take appropriate action. And then for another one to happen that I felt was worse and for nothing to happen, that was what stung most. I think it wasn't, it was obviously not great that what you don't want to see players on any team being hit late. And it's, it's, it's really frustrating when it's one of your own players, but to be, to be sort of shown how, how you would assume the officials are going to, approach that situation consistently and then for the same situation to arise half an hour later and it for to be dealt with completely differently just it just felt so frustrating from that point of view and then it was just it was almost inevitable that that guy would score the try as well yeah but it's a player protection issue as well isn't it and Mm. you know let's be honest you know late hits sometimes are designed to um rough player up um and particularly halfbacks quite often get late hits on them. It happens every game almost. It is about time that refs um, started handling those decisions consistently and making making decisions. But yeah, as I said, it, it's, it's not even that it wasn't a sin binning or anything. It wasn't. It was the fact that it wasn't even a penalty. <laughs> it was the most frustrating thing. I mean, your player's down for three or four minutes getting treatment and... Uh, a penalty's not even awarded. But anyway, we could go on about this all night and, and we'll probably end up boring everyone. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 do our signature thing and find some positives from this. And and the, the coaches both touched on on their takeaways. I, I I think it's always it's always interesting to talk about standout performers. And I, I, I think the team were excellent across the board on Sunday. And it, it almost feels a bit cruel to to pick out individuals, but I did 
give one want to give a mention to Brad Clavering uh, his his first game back in his second stint and considering he hasn't played a game for a long time I think the coaches were saying he hasn't played since basically before the first lockdown he put in a terrific shift and and clearly clearly had a job to do to to add some some meat and aggression to the Bears middle and I thought he did terrific I thought he did it terrifically well but Dave Scott again was influential we've already mentioned him I thought Nathan Hill put in some some excellent runs and, and some it was great in defense as well was there anyone you would you would shout out as a on an individual level those probably would have been my three I think Brad Clavering was awesome absolutely awesome he tired a little bit near the end but that's to be that's completely understandable uh Nathan Hill was superb um he did that one take didn't he where he hit it full pelt uh, and then beat about five players and f- looked at for one second like he was going to make it all the full length of the field but didn't quite make it um he's turning into one of the best fullbacks in the league or or already is one of the best fullbacks in the league um he's just fantastic dave scott uh, you know every week i say about how great dave scott is dave's definitely one of the best halfbacks in the league um and and he scored two amazing brilliant tries and looked threatening every time he got the ball um you know across the across the pitch there was lots of good performances again i was impressed with reese rance um his i was so rate. pleased i was so pleased he got a try as well yeah yeah, he deserves it for his work rate. He's, um, you know, he's worked really, really hard in every game this season. So, um, but yeah, as I said, there's plenty of others. Both the Wellams again were were superb. Um, I thought Dan, I thought Dan Coates, and obviously, obviously, he he unfortunately had the penalty that didn't quite go to plan. But other than that, I thought he continues to grow and mature as a halfback. And we've got to remember he's he's one of the younger players in the team, and that that vision. And the technique to to nail that forty twenty was quite something. I've, I, that was that was one of the, one of the, one of the real highlights of the game. And I think playing alongside Dave Scott, he is really developing. And that, those two as a partnership are, are starting to look really good. Well, I mean, they, the best when they're on partnership we've ever had. Yeah, when and when when they're on form, we look so dangerous, don't we? And I, I was really impressed with all of the um, all of the forwards. I think the all four props who who did stints in particular, I thought. Thought looked excellent. I thought Josh Dunn was really was really powerful in the line. Um, I thought Brad Ho added real dynamism coming off the bench as well. So l- lots of positives, I think. Yeah, Brad Ho's only a young lad as well, and and the power he has, but he's also quite quick. Um, in, he's got good hands. He he looks a fantastic player. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Just one more thing on um, Dan Coates is to talk about his kicking his kickoffs he does a spiral kick from a kickoff don't know how he does it his up and unders as well just spiral all over the place they're absolutely fantastic and really hard to deal with and every time we played this season teams have really struggled with it but as you said he's just coming on every single game he looks better and better he looks a really fantastic player and another another real positive to end on was it was fantastic that in the ground on Sunday we had 
um, as guests of honour of the club, the Shrewsbury Lions under 10s, I think it was. Um, they were watching the game after they played the Coventry Alphas that morning. So one of the, the new satellite clubs. Um, and, you know, nothing like a bit of adversity to turn you into a fan either. So hopefully we've, we've grown the uh, the Bears pack a little bit over in Shropshire there. But it was terrific to see um, some juniors action being able to take place that morning and have them come and watch the game as well. So I, I hope they enjoyed their their day, even though it wasn't necessarily the best result for the home team. Um, okay, let's let's quickly look ahead to this Sunday's game before we wrap up then. So the Bears are at home again. Um, this time they're taking on Hunslet, 3pm kickoff at the Butts Park Arena. Do get your tickets now and come on down. Um, Craig, we have seen the Bears beat Hunslet in Coventry before um, with a very assured performance. Do you fancy doing it again this do you fancy seeing them do it again this weekend? I mean, it feels like our performances have been building to another high point, doesn't it? Hunslet are always a tough team to play against. And they I would I would say probably their fans will say their season stuttered a little bit this year. They've put in some good performances, but some other ones that are disappointing. Uh last uh they drew with Doncaster two weeks ago. So they're, they are a good side and it will be a tough game. But um, I do think we're the, you know, we're going to get with the performances we're putting in, we're definitely going to do another win anytime soon, sometime soon. So I'm pretty certain that we'll, um, we'll go out there and get the result. Nice. Well, let's leave it there. Very I, positive. I, I concur wholeheartedly. So um, do make sure you're down at the butts on Sunday to cheer on the Bears and hopefully see that win. Um, of course, we'll be back next week to bring you all the details. And also make sure you've got Friday the 16th of July in your calendar for that night game against the Cougars because it's going to be a special one. Um, thanks to you lot for listening. Thanks to you, Craig, as always. And we'll catch you next week. Yes, see you soon.